Hey everyone, it's Rima Khreis. So a while ago, we did an episode of This is Uncomfortable around your money secrets and mistakes. You know, all the things that are still haunting you. And even though we're on break, we wanted to share a few more stories with y'all before we're officially back early next year. A little bonus episode. All right, here it is. Earlier this year, Hayden Aldrin, a 23-year-old college student from Idaho, started taking this sleeping pill, a really powerful one. It, it felt kind of like I was on laughing gas to, the, to a sort, which I'm, I'm a Mormon, so I've never been high before. But I imagine this is what it feels like. <laughs> For years, he had trouble sleeping, would get max four hours each night. And this pill felt like a godsend. He could finally get a full night's sleep. There was just one tiny drawback. Sometimes when he takes it, he sleepwalks. And it's not just like roaming around his room. When he talks about it, he refers to his nighttime self as subconscious Hayden. So I've noticed that subconscious Hayden usually thinks that things on his mind are very important. When Hayden takes the sleeping pill, he does things he has no recollection of. Like he sends his friends these nonsensical texts, little rhymes and words he thinks are funny. But luckily, he says he does not send them any deep, dark secrets. Subconscious Hayden really is not a dick to conscious Hayden. So not only does he like know what things we want to keep secret, but subconscious Hayden also likes to buy things for conscious Hayden. In the past year since he started getting a good night's sleep, subconscious Hayden has bought Awake Hayden a nice sweater, black socks, a huge bag of airheads, and a five-pound bag of jelly beans, just to name a few things. He's fun. He loves to surprise me. He's like the best boyfriend you could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it because subconscious Hayden is all into self-care. Like, he wants to yeah. make sure you're treated well. Exactly. He's like, look, I understand that your sleep has been terrible all your life, so here, take a gift. <laughs> yeah. So how much do you think subconscious Hayden has spent on you? Oh, I don't like to think about that. Hmm. Subconscious Hayden manages the books. <laughs> <laughs> I let no, him take um, care of it. Honestly, it's, yeah, it's probably... It's probably at least a few hundred this year. And it's mostly been a bunch of small, trivial stuff. That is, until earlier this summer. So first, a little context. Hayden has this bucket list for himself. It's full of absurd, funny things he wants to do in life. And I know you probably can't put this on the podcast, but I usually call it like a, uh, you know, I use the F word. You can use the F word. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. I probably shouldn't because my mom's probably going to listen to this podcast. So we'll just call it the effort list. So it's all of these like really funny things that I think of, or at least I think they're funny. Mm-hmm. And one of those has always been to get a billboard of myself <laughs> with no context <laughs> and just put my face on it. What? Why? And so I don't know. Why not? I think I it's guess. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Then, one evening, he was on his bed doing his homework when this email pops up. I got a notification that said, your billboard is live. And I said, my billboard is what? No. <laughs> and I went, I went to the confirmation link, and 
I had ordered a billboard in no. in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> Wait, do you have any connection to Louisville? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I didn't know what the price was going to be. I didn't know what the billboard was. And it was kind of that moment where I'm like, did subconscious Hayden finally become a dick? So a billboard, depending on the location, can cost thousands of dollars a month. Hayden was panicking. What if he had just completely wiped out his bank account? He looks more closely at that confirmation email, and it turns out he bought a billboard just for a day, a digital one that alternates with other ads. So it was relatively cheap. A hundred bucks. Seeing that it was only a hundred dollars was kind of like, whew, okay, thank goodness. Okay, so now he just has to find out what the hell is on that billboard. He can't find any trace of it on his computer. There's no mock-up or Photoshop file. So he goes to the company's website. So I download the image from the website, and it's just a bunch of clouds with my face on it. My face is cut out terribly, by the way. <laughs> and then there was a little tiny airplane pulling a banner, and on the banner <laughs> said, hashtag end chronic fatigue tomorrow. What? Which is so interesting, because any call to action you've ever heard is like, let's do something about this today. But mine was like, <laughs> let's end chronic fatigue mm, tomorrow. Let's figure it out later. <laughs> Wait, I need to see this image. I can send it to you right now, actually. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, it's pretty much how he described it. It looks like something a middle school kid slapped together using Microsoft Paint. The backdrop is a real-life blue sky with clouds, and in the left corner is his disembodied head floating amidst them. And underneath, hashtag and chronic fatigue tomorrow. You have like kind of a, like a, I'm looking into your soul kind of look on your face. (laughs) Like, I understand you. (laughs) Hayden says subconscious Hayden will make these surprise purchases about twice a month. Does it worry you at all? Nope. No. Nope. Why? It probably should. Probably should, but I just know that, you know, subconscious Hayden's still a part of me. And Hayden, he knows that sleeping pills can have serious side effects. There have been warnings from the FDA about people on sleeping pills doing dangerous things like sleep driving or getting injured sleepwalking. He says he hasn't consulted his doctor about it, but he has told his parents, and they also aren't too worried. Hayden says the real tipping point would be if he wakes up one day and sees that subconscious Hayden has spent beyond their means, and he can't return it. But again, he doesn't see that happening. I know that he knows all of my anxieties about money, and you know he knows that I have these accruing student loans, and so I think he's more of a... Not as much of a prankster, but more of a gift giver to me. He's got your back. Yeah. He did not turn out to be a dick. Yes, exactly. At least not yet. (laughs) You'll be the first person to know if he is. (laughs) Coming up after the break, some unexpected costs to being in a relationship. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy. 
making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org slash academy. So a lot of the stories we heard from y'all were about purchases that came back to bite you. For Carla Veras, it started back in 2014 in her hometown of Weehawken, New Jersey. She was at a stoplight, and when she looked over to the car next to her, she'd noticed this cute guy. The essential, like, tall, dark, and handsome, like, Mm -hmm. wavy black hair, perfectly pomaded, um, nice dark beard, you know, big brown eyes. He was driving a nice car as well. And so Carla, in that moment, feeling especially bold, rolled down her window and made her move. So I looked over and I was like, I feel like I, you look familiar. Like, maybe we should exchange numbers. We exchange numbers. And but you, did you exchange numbers through the car? At the light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they ended up dating soon after. This guy, who we'll call Omar, was a bit older. He was in his 30s and Carla at the time was in her early 20s. And things got serious pretty fast. About a year and a half into dating, they made a big financial decision. Omar wanted to get a new car, but had bad credit. So he asked Carla if she could help by putting the car loan and insurance under her name. I was blindsided by the question, and I was like, I don't really I don't really know how this makes sense like for me to put it in my name. Carla had just graduated college, and Omar told her it'd help her build credit. Plus, he'd be the one making all the payments on a five-year plan. And that's what sold Carla. This plan implied they'd be together for the long haul. It could be a real milestone in the relationship. You like the idea of that commitment? Definitely. Mm-hmm. So Carla co-signed the paperwork for a gray 2012 BMW all-wheel drive, the nicest car she'd ever seen. It detected when you were out of your lanes. It stopped you when you were going forward. Like, they had sonar, a Uh, you know, a sunroof. It had run-flat tires. It was a spaceship. Each month, Omar made a $600 payment. It wasn't long after the car purchase, though, that things between them got a little shaky. They'd fight a lot, and it just felt like they weren't on the same page. The real tipping point was when Omar decided he wanted to move to Florida, which Carla definitely didn't want. So after three years of dating, they split up. When it was officially over... Like, did he think about the car at all and what would happen with that? You know, he's like, I still need my car. There's nothing that you really need to worry about. And were you worried? Um, I would worry. Omar was still making the payments, but the car was tied to her name and her insurance. Then, about six months after the breakup, Omar calls her up. He's like, we have a problem. The car won't start. So he takes it to the shop, and shortly after, Carla gets a call from the mechanic. And the mechanic explains to her that the exterior of the car looks completely 100% normal. But the insides are totally fried. And that's when he tells her. They saw an entry of lightning and an exit of lightning. I was like, bullshit, like, how, what, what the fuck are the chances that this would ever happen? Like, you leave, and now the car gets struck by lightning, like, what? Yeah, it's a nightmare, literally a nightmare. This bolt of lightning, a complete freak accident, had totaled the car. And it fell on Carla to sort everything out. 
The insurance company paid her a large sum of money. But even after that, Carla and Omar still owed 10 grand on the car loan. When she told Omar about it, he said he'd call her back. But instead... He blocked me on his phone. He blocked me on Facebook, Facebook chat. He blocked me on LinkedIn. (laughs) He blocked me on WhatsApp. (laughs) All of a sudden, that $10,000, it became her problem. So I was so incredibly embarrassed that I tried not to say anything to anyone. And I have no idea what the fuck I'm going to do. Carla ended up taking out a personal loan to cover the cost. And for the last two years, she's been paying off that loan. She's had to cut back on expenses and lived with her parents longer than she expected. She'll make her last payment this month and is just ready to move on. If it's 10 grand that I have to pay for this mofo never to be part of my life again, then that's a a price that I'm willing to pay. It's kind of sad that Carla thinks about the 10 grand as something she had to pay in order to close this chapter in her life. Because there are the costs you expect in any relationship, you know, the trips you go on together or the things you buy. But this one feels pretty shitty. She agreed to help someone she loved, and she got screwed over. Do you, do you forgive him? I do. Oh, you do? And I wish him... I wish him all the luck in the world, because if karma has anything to say about it, he's going to need it. And now to close out our show, we have a story from someone on our team, our producer, Megan Dietry. So we actually have to go back in time to 1996, when Megan was just a moody preteen in a small town in Wisconsin. I had a lot of opinions on all of my teachers. It was a big gossip. And like every 13-year-old's kind of an asshole. So I was angsty, so angsty. She was entering a skater phase and set her sights on this grunge rock kid, Mike, in the grade below. I remember him most days wearing a kind of burgundy flannel and some ill-fitting jeans. When they started dating, Megan was convinced he was the Gavin Rossdale to her Gwen Stefani. Plus, it was perfect because Mike had a twin brother who was dating Megan's best friend. It was your classic seventh grade relationship. I don't think we went on any dates. I think the entirety of our relationship was just holding hands for 10 minutes on a bus Mm -hmm. for, like, two months. And it was a great two months. Until he moved away. That's sad. I was possibly heartbroken. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I think your life was ruined for for a day or two. That's Megan's mom, Jan. You girls were just like, oh, this is so terrible. What are we going to do? They decided to stay in touch the only way they could back then, with phone calls and really intense, deep 13-year-old conversations. And I would, I think, tell him about any new skateboarding tricks I had learned. (laughs) It was all going really well. Then one day, Megan's mom, Jan, got home from work. I went and got the mail from the mailbox, and I, you know, was in my kitchen just opening the mail and having a drink of water or something. And that's when she saw the phone bill. All of a sudden, I opened it up and it was like $400. $400. 
On the bill were all these long-distance charges to Rockford, Illinois, where Megan's boo now lived. And it wasn't just like the occasional catch-up call. Sometimes as many as 11 or 12 times a day. What? <laughs> she cut 11 or 12 times a day. What would they day. talk about? Well, here's the deal. I, that's what I asked her. I said, my God, Megan, how could you call this boy and talk 12 times a day? Oh, he wasn't home. I just talked to his mom. What? <laughs> Megan, he wasn't home. why are you talking to his mom? <laughs> I'm very friendly. <laughs> they can laugh about it now, but it was not so cute at the time. I was angry, very, very angry, because I was pretty frugal. And so it was much of a shock to have a phone bill kind of killed the budget uh, for that month. Megan promised to pay it all back. She took a babysitting gig, did extra chores, and handed over her birthday money. But here's the kicker. So we are calmed down. You know, she's agreed she's going to pay everything back. And then she said something like, um, you might not want to look at next month's phone bill because it's going to be the same because <laughs> she'd been calling all, you know, for two months straight. So was there another $400 bill? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did, how in the world did I ever pay back $800? You really didn't. We forgave you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you feel bad thinking back on the story now? Me? Of course. That's so much money. And yeah, that $800, probably not even worth it. I think, how many times did you actually talk to him and not his mom? Maybe five times? But in retrospect, Jan can see the upside. Well, I figured this was probably a good life experience for you because um, you, you would realize that, you know, you can have instant gratification, but sometimes there are consequences to all that. And the consequences might be a little painful in the wallet. And it really did have some significant consequences for the family. Megan's parents had to use their savings to pay the bill on time. Sorry about that, Mom. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. All right. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this little bonus episode. We'll be officially back early next year. In the meantime, and... Bear with me here. I'm about to get a little public radio on you. But uh, we've got a Marketplace end-of-the-year fundraiser going on right now. And, you know, because we're a nonprofit, we rely on donations to keep the lights on. So even a $5 donation is helpful, and it makes you an official Marketplace investor. It even comes with a fun sticker. Every bit helps. And you can find details if you want to donate at marketplace.org slash donate. This is Uncomfortable is me, Rima Khreis, Megan Dietry, Haley Hirschman, Peter Balanon-Rosen, and Muna Danish. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Jay Siebold and Charlton Thorpe are our audio engineers. Editing help this week from Eliza Mills and Nancy Fergali. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. And Deborah Clark is the senior vice president and general manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right. Catch y'all later. The other day I got a package from China, which I have no clue when I ordered this one. What? And it was one of those stupid little ice scrapers, <laughs> like those circular ones that you see on Facebook or whatever. That was one of those <laughs> presents where it's like, 
did you really think I wanted this? Did you put any thought into this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You bought this last minute for me, didn't you? <laughs> Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy.